Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, when you talk about human suffering, uh, there's also a school of thought that believes that it's essential for you to go through suffering to value, you know, what you have or to grow your character. I mean, I, I can think of Marcus Aurelius, like his his books or uh, stuff from the Greek myth, uh, Greek philosophers, Greek philosophers. Sorry. Yeah. So, how would you? What What do you think about that? Like about should we have a healthy bout of suffering against happiness? Because I I believe nowadays happiness is kind of commoditized and it's used to sell pretty much. So there's a lot of things that are people believe that you should be happy all the time, yeah. which I think is also not the right way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, maybe as compared to suffering uh, or happiness, uh, my sort of more uh, faith is in what I call the contentment, a level of contentment mm -hmm. and a level of peace. So I feel when even I say green zone philosophy is a way of happy, healthy and peaceful living. Uh, mm -hmm. So the peace to me, I have written, you know, I'm a poet also. So okay. your question reminded me of a, a very short poem I have called Peace. That okay. there is inner peace and there is outer peace. There is emotional peace and there is a social peace. There is a religious peace and there is political peace. There is local peace and there is global peace. These are all colors of peace. And we need all these colors to create a rainbow of peace. Mm -hmm. so, so I think what is unnecessary suffering and the suffering. You see, there is a suffering when I worked in the labor room that a woman can suffer because she has labor pains. You know, so that's okay. a part of, of human condition. But those suffering that is because of illnesses, that is because of the social uh, sort of uh, distribution, unfair distribution of wealth and resources, those are man-made. Those are, you know, we as human beings create our suffering. And so I feel that we have two choices. We can become our best friends and lead mm -hmm. a peaceful life or we can become our worst enemies and, uh, you know, because people with mental illness or emotional problems, mm -hmm. they can become very self-destructive. You know, people get into drugs, people get into mm -hmm. alcohol, people can get many, uh, make choices that are very poor choices. So I think understanding our suffering and then choosing uh, a lifestyle that is healthy and that is peaceful, that I feel is a more uh, sort of a progressive or a healthy way. Mm -hmm. You know, and science and psychology and uh, the human knowledge helps us, uh, you know. Uh, so the mystery, there's a mystery about about suffering that we try to understand, you know, rationally, logically. You know, so, so that is, I think, as a doctor, as well as a therapist, you know, we try to help people. Uh, you see, to be more productive, to be more, uh, mm -hmm. to, to grow uh, to your fullest potential. Mm -hmm. uh, I think... Uh, if the suffering becomes a lot, uh, it's like happened to my, as I said, to my father, when he was have a breakdown, mm -hmm. uh, then he could not function. Then people have to look after you. So my goal or hope to with my clients, patients, students, is to help them uh, transform their breakdown into a breakthrough. And we learn from that suffering that what is uh, what is the sort of the insight, the secrets of life. That even suffering uh, helps us. Nietzsche used to say that uh, after uh, a, 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 you know breakdown, he used to say, uh, uh, "What does what does not kill us makes us stronger." You know? So we learn from that. We grow with that. 
but I feel that unnecessary or unneeded suffering needs to be taken care of. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think on both aspects. I think, of course, there's... Uh, even though in the world we're living in, uh, at least in the Western world, I, I believe also in the Eastern world, there's, uh, because of the newer generations, the talk on mental health is quite prevalent now and people are less afraid to speak or maybe it's just my bubble. But that's what I see. Uh, but at the same time, there's still... Maybe because of the society we're in, at least in the West, it's based on the individual a lot. So when people are in in pain or, or are suffering from men mental illnesses, uh, they're afraid to ask for help. And the, I think one part is that they're ashamed of it. And the second part is, why should I burden someone with this uh, when it's my own pain that I need to work through it, even if they don't see... Uh, you know, if they don't see the right road. I am, I'm saying this from my own experience because I used to be that person as well, where I would just keep things inside myself, but that does not help at all. Like that just confounds them, compounds them, sorry. I think there's also a difference between male and female personalities. It is okay. generally in the East or the West, women seem to be more open about their feelings, sharing their mm -hmm. feelings. You know, mm -hmm. men and our generally this macho image that boys don't cry, men don't yeah. share. So even in the practice, and mental health uh, professionals observe that 80% of the patients who come to see us are women. It's not that men don't have problems. They are reluctant, uh, hesitant to, to get help. They feel it is some kind of, a, you know, their ego, their pride is hurt. So, so I think uh, men also need to learn to share their feelings, share their, you know, vulnerabilities. And even that brings them in their even family or intimate relationships with their daughters, with their wives, with their sisters, mm -hmm. their sweethearts, to share from the heart. Men generally have become more conceptual, logical, left brain, you know. So the right mm -hmm. brain, you know, is, is useless. So I agree with you that I think there is a general sort of reluctance to talk about feelings so we suppress them, we repress them, and that creates a lot of uh, emotional and, you know, sort of psychological uh, sort of issues. So this very aptly brings me to uh, my question of what led you to write the book, The Art of Living in the in Your Green Zone? And yeah. if you could, That's, and what yeah. does the, what does the, the, the three zones signify? So I think the background uh, is that when I became a psychiatrist, uh, I realized that the traditional psychiatry that uh, practiced, uh, I had sort of three problems with that. First problem, the traditional psychiatry, traditional medicine was that they use a lot of medications. You know, the patient comes, they see them for 10 minutes and medications for anxiety, medications for depression, medications mm -hmm. for all kinds of anger. So one was the excessive use of medications. Uh, second thing was that the literature that was written was written in a very complicated, complex language. It was difficult to follow. And if a layperson reads the book and you come across with these, you know, in your brain, there is a deficiency of dopamine, noradrenaline, serotonin, 5-hydroxytryptamine. Mm -hmm. So a psychiatrist or a doctor understands that, mm -hmm. but a layperson does not get it. 
and the third thing was the authority that the doctor the psychiatrist always have the authority and they tell patients what to do and what not to do i wanted uh, a program my dream was to create a program which was a self help program written in lay person's language and which uh, people understand their emotional problems and they can do something about it it is to empower them to understand you see in medicine sometimes we do if i go to a medical doctor and tell them i am going to be diabetic diabetes too they will educate you drink more water less carbohydrates to exercise mm-hmm. so a patient can learn to do certain things to improve their blood sugar and nutrition but in psychiatry so the couple i'll tell you a story because i am also a storyteller so tell you a story that led that's to great so the story was that this couple came to see me uh, they had a 10 year old son so the wife told us that the husband had an anger problem when he would uh, lose control uh, he would uh, yell and scream and be little and call her names and all that so she was tolerating it to a point and then she said our son is 10 year old and uh, he's not you're not a good role model and uh, you need help and if you don't get help i'm going to leave you so they went to the family doctor they sent the couple to me so when i talked to him i realized that he genuinely wanted to get help he said i love my wife i want to be a good husband and then he said that i had a poor role model he said my father was very abusive he even used to hit my mother and he was kind of proud that i never hit i never raised hand on my wife but still he was verbally abusive so i said that is not acceptable either you can't be little her so he felt a connection with me and i felt a connection with him and i thought i could help him then in the next session uh, he was talking about his son he said i want my son to become a prince and i said to him jokingly i said if you want your son to become a prince you have to treat his mother like a queen and if mm-hmm. you you know if you treat her like a slave your son will never become a prince yeah. so that that kind of anecdote connected him with me and in the next session i asked him directly i said what happens you know uh, i said uh, you know when you are uh, driving and you see a yellow light what do you do he said i put my foot on the on the accelerator i said why is that oh wow he said he said i'm always in a hurry hurry to go to work hurry to go to pick up my son hurry to get home so i said to him you know a wise man puts the foot on the brakes you stop mm-hmm. there and when it's the green light then you go and i said emotionally it's the same when you are getting angry you are in the yellow zone so don't go on the accelerator you'll go into the red zone and lose control so leave the room wait till you're back in the green zone and you are calm and cool and then talk to your wife so some of the other this image that i did it in a very spontaneous way it was not a planned thing you know it connected with him and he started to change and after 3 weeks his wife came and said you know doctor said what have you done he is really trying he leaves the room he controls his anger and he is uh, so i thought maybe it was just a coincidence but then i tried with the second couple the third couple the fourth couple and gradually i i developed uh, based on the traffic lights that emotionally we are in three imaginary zones when we are relaxed when we are peaceful when we are calm we are in our green zone then we are a little upset a little frustrated a little uh, you know ticked off here in the yellow zone and when we lose control extremely depressed very angry out of control then we are in the red zone so what we do is we ask our patients to keep a green zone diary 
at the end of the day, we ask them to reflect on the last 24 hours and ask themselves, how many hours in the green zone? How many hours in the yellow zone? How many hours in the red zone? And then what was happening? I We helped them connect the, their green zone, their mental state with the events. Somebody had an argument with his wife. Somebody got stuck in traffic. Somebody had a problem with the boss. Somebody with a neighbor. You know, So in a way, they start to connect and they can see they have more control on their moods, on their emotions. And within a few weeks, the number of green zone hours increase, the number of red zone hours decrease. And we, te we teach them that green zone people act, the red zone people react. So we are learning to have more control on our emotions, how we think, how we behave. And they, they feel very good. They, when the four hours in the green zone become six hours, eight hours, ten hours. So then from the person to be in the green zone, when we, we elaborate, and then we say the relationships are in the green zone, yellow zone, red mm -hmm. zones. And we also say the system that we live in, family is a system, work is a system, community is a system. That uh, work could be in the in the three zones, you know. Let, give you an example. Uh, I have a friend. His name is Rufi. He has sixty people at his at his workforce. So he went after reading my book, this living that you read, the living in your green zone. I had not even met him. He went to the dollar store and he bought these sixty green little flags, little mm -hmm. sixty sixty yellow flags, and it, and they are put in the in the entrance of his office. So when somebody walks into their office, depending on what zone they're in, they pick that flag and put on their table. Right. So when you're going to talk to that person, you know what zone they're in. So the idea is not only what zone you are in, it is also yeah. what zone the other person is. So to yeah. wait till the other person comes to the green zone, so both parties are in the green. So the, the message is that a green zone, healthy communication takes place when both parties are in the green zone. That's the, mm -hmm. the one principle of green zone communication. So gradually over the years...